and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown presented by the Minnesota Daily. I'm your host, Paul Hodewanik, and this week we are going to be talking some hockey. The men's hockey team is coming off maybe its best weekend of the season. It swept Ohio State, who at the time was ranked number six in the country, and gave them life in the Big Ten Conference race. So, to take a peek into how the season has gone, we bring in our men's hockey beat reporter, Anna Landis. Hey, Anna. Hey, Paul. Make sure to check out Anna's hockey coverage on mndaily.com or pick up a copy of the paper in any university building. Let's jump right in. So, the team is 10-10-4 on the season, 5-5-4-3 in the conference. It's a little weird now with the extra overtime rules that still confuse all of us. Um, but despite them being 500, both in conference and on the season, they've won three in a row, so they're trending upward a little bit. Um, in terms of stats, Sampo Ranta and Scott Reedy are tied for the goal lead with 10. Uh, Ranta had a really nice weekend. This past weekend had three goals. Reedy was out, which we'll get to much about that later. Uh, then Brandon McManus and Ben Myers lead the team in points with 17. I believe they both have 11 assists, so they're creating. Um, so, Anna, my question to you is, at 10, 10, and 4, now that they've kind of bumped up their conference record a little bit, how would you assess where they are overall in the season based on where we were thinking this team could be before the season started? I think where they've sort of ended up is sort of where I guess you would expect a young team like that to be um, in this point in the season. They've sort of worked out their issues. You know, earlier in the season, they sort of had a lot of trouble with turnovers and things like that, and now they've um, they've gotten better at that. They've kind of tightened up a little bit. Um, and then over the Christmas break, they've come off that break and come back really strongly, and there's a good feeling on the team, and they're like, the mood is like, okay, we're ready. We're going to be better than we were in the first half. And so um, they're they're moving in the right direction. Sure. I think besides the loss they had to the exhibition team, the USA under-18 team, which didn't count for the conference standings, I think their only loss since about December 4th was a game to Michigan State, and Michigan State's higher them in, than them in the conference rankings. So they've been putting together some good weekends. Um, what held them back earlier in the season that maybe they're starting to do better with now? Is it just those young those young guys starting to mature? Is that the main reason, we think? Yeah, I mean, they do. I think um, sophomores and freshmen combined, I think they have something like 19 underclassmen. And so those players, they've sort of gotten that experience now because even if, you know, like you were in a junior league or a high school league and you, you know, you tore it up, you were leading goals, whatever, that – transition from junior or high school hockey to college hockey is really difficult but now I think those players they've sort of adjusted they've gotten their ice time they sort of figured it out and now they're um they're sort of moving forward they still you know there are times when um a bad turnover happens and things like that um in the exhibition game there was a a bad turnover that led to a goal and it was you know a 2-1 loss but um, they are improving, and especially with um, moving some of the lines around, they've been able to find some good chemistry. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, they're around 500, and so you wouldn't expect them to be super high up in any statistical categories, but they're starting to do a little bit better now, and they aren't ranked in the top 10 or even in the top 20 in really any major categories as a team, and no individuals 
are having like outstanding seasons, at least statistically, that seem to be carrying them. So where has that success been to where they've even gotten to 500? I think in part it's um, with in terms of the Big Ten standings and the points, what really sort of kept them afloat in the beginning of the season was when um, with those sort of funky overtime um, Big Ten rules, they were able to stay pretty middling in the standings, even with, I think, you know, earlier in the season, it was something like three wins compared to other teams, and they were still, you know, doing pretty well in the standings. Um, Because, you know, in the beginning of the season, they had some problems where, you know, they would go out and they would have a really good Saturday or a really good weekend, and then they would come back on that next Friday, and then they would lose. And now coming back into the second half, it seems like, They've had a lot of discussions as a team, watched a lot of film, had a lot of meetings with coach as a group and individually, and they've been saying one of their main goals is um, they want to go out and they want to have a really solid Friday night, and I think Ohio State is um, a really strong example of that. Yeah, and I think that youth thing is something that all teams kind of struggle with, just the ups and downs. They've got talent. Motsko's not bringing in – it's not like he's not bringing in talent. They've got talent, but just like – P.J. Fleck had last year where the team was very up and down, looked really good in some games, and was getting beat by Illinois and letting up 55. So I think that you can kind of make some compare and contrast, and I believe Moscow even did make a compare and contrast to Fleck's team from a year ago at the beginning of the season, saying, hey, we've got a lot of young guys. It's just going to take them some time. And so having that first couple months, having that break to kind of recuperate, get their bodies ready, and now coming back, maybe we're starting to see that talent uh, start to mature and just kind of get used to playing college hockey. And I think the epitome of that was this Ohio State series. I don't think anyone expected them to come in and sweep Ohio State. Ohio State was ranked top or sixth, as I said earlier. So a really good club and a really good defensive team, too, that they were able to put some goals on the board. And you wrote about it on, on the website, which you guys can go and check out, and most of that success came from the second line, Matsko pushback. Maybe it's not the second line, but on the line sheet, it's the second line, and it's it consists of Ranta, McManus, and it used to be Reedy, and Reedy went out, and Ben Meyer stepped in. So can you kind of take us through that whole situation, what happened with Reedy, and then what happened in the games with that line? Yeah, so on Friday night against the Ohio State, um, or against the, uh, the Ohio State game, um, before it started, I heard up in the press box that Reedy was out week to week with an upper body injury, which when you hear that, it's sort of, um, you know, it's worrisome on one level that at the time Reedy was doing really well and he was sort of able to get those goals in moments where maybe the team was down or they needed a boost. And he um, he was really contributing a lot to the team. And then um, two uh, – I heard, like, the injury happened against the uh, under-18 team, which was sort of surprising in that, not to take away from, like, their skill or anything, but that game, um, you know, after it, Motsko was like, well, half of our bench played. Like, it was an exhibition game. There wasn't a ton of effort there, but it was it was worrying. And so then – but to then, then to see that, that new line come together, like – so they so Reedy was out, and then they slotted um, Ben Myers up to center. They just bumped him up one, and they um, they worked really well together. It was it was really 
cool to watch, to be honest, because um, Ben My- or Ben Myers is, you know, everyone really describes him as, you know, sort of a hard-nosed, really, you know, hard-working guy. Sam Baranta is, you know, he's a big body, but he's got a ton of skill. And him and um, Brandon McManus sort of know each other pretty well. Um, they're pretty good friends in last year. McManus talks about how he used to call um, Ranta Shampoo, like, as a nickname. Um, so they, they get along really well. And, like, first of all, leading into that Ohio State series, they were expecting, like, okay, Ohio State's really strong defensively. It's going to be a hard-fought one-goal game. And then they went out and scored – six goals on one of the best uh, goalies in college hockey, Tommy Napier, who before that he had um, a goals against average of one, like 1.8. And so that chemistry was just really strong. And it was interesting to, to, to talk to them about it because they, all of them were saying things like, oh, the other two guys are so good. It makes it easier for me to play with them. And like, they're so strong. And so, to keep that line together, um, you know, in the Saturday game and then in against Wisconsin, it, it should, you know, it should be good to watch. Well, I mean, when you just look at the stats, it's Brandon McManus, we just said, points leader tied with Ben Myers. Mm-hmm. Sampo Ranta now has tied for the most goals with Reedy, so that's a pretty powerful lineup. I can see why Mosco said, well, that's not really a two lineup because that, that production is – Higher than that, I mean, they're they're the top point getters pretty much. Other than Sammy Walker, they are the top three. So, and and when Reedy was in there, they were producing too. So it was kind of you never expect to see that just with chemistry wise with the line mates. You get you develop that, but it sure worked, and it worked against Ohio State against a really good defensive club. So I think it'd be a mistake not to keep that going, even if Reedy does return, which it sounds like he has a chance to. It, correct. Right. So um, on Tuesday when we had media availability, the word was that they were hoping he would be able to get back in, but they they would have a better picture of it at the end of the week, you know, like Thursday today. So I haven't heard any update, but um, and if if he were to be ready, there wasn't any prediction on where he might fit back in. So that's just sort of a, a wait and see. It'll be interesting to see. What happens there? I want to ask one more general question about the team, which is around the goaltender situation coming into the year. We didn't totally know who was going to be the starter. We had an idea it was going to be LaFontaine, and it it has been him. It has been Mo, and so Jared Mo. So take us kind of through. Is this just kind of like a whoever's playing well is going to play, and we're just going to kind of ride with it till it doesn't work? Yeah, I mean, um, when you know when you talk to um, Motsko about goaltending, he is. He's pretty brief about it, not not to brush them off in any way, but like sort of like you said, it's like, well, he was doing good, so you know he's gonna play and things like that. And um, Mo has been getting um, you know more chances throughout the season, um, but it's been interesting to watch Lafontaine in particular because I remember during football season, um, and PJ Fleck came in, he is he. Um, LaFontaine's a transfer, so he was sort of out of – he went to Michigan, and then he was out of college playing junior, and then he came back in, and he is someone who's really bought into P.J. Fleck's whole, like, ideology, and he's – when you talk to him, he's someone who's very – you know, he's well-spoken. He's a little bit older. He sort of understands what the team has to do. And so, you know, to have him in net 
I think is is something positive for the team. Yeah, just taking a look at their stats is pretty much as close as you can get. I mean, Mo has played in 12 games. LaFontaine's played in 15, so LaFontaine's been on the ice a little bit longer, but Mo has a nine uh, nine oh nine save percentage. LaFontaine's at a nine oh five. Uh, Mo's four four and one. LaFontaine is six six and three. So doesn't seem to be that much separation. Mo's kind of beating him on goals average per game. That's at two point six two, where LaFontaine's two point eight eight. But they seem like they have at least two guys that are competent that they can go to, which is a plus considering at the beginning of the year they didn't really have anyone that had played as a gopher on the team so I think all in all it's 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 been a plus for them at that spot and with that Ohio State win they kind of bumped themselves up they were kind of in this the basement of the standings they're up to fifth out of seven teams so nothing remarkable but they're in striking distance of third and not too far from first I believe they're one point away from third or, or from fourth four points away from third and like seven points away from first place so and I, I believe they played le- two less games than everyone else as well. So yeah. there are some chances to move up. Wisconsin's not great. Um, they're at last in the Big Ten in the standings. So what are the chances that we can see this Gover team continue to rise up? Right. I think, you know, especially the the sort of new attitude they have coming back from the break, I think the potential for them to sort of hit some sort of stride and just really sort of get going, it's there. The thing with the Big Ten is the Big Ten's always really competitive. Um, and so for Wisconsin to be in the basement, something Moscow said was they're also a young team and they're going to be playing really desperate this weekend. And because I think last year I'm pretty sure the standings were almost flipped with Wisconsin ending either first or near the top and then Michigan State was at the bottom. So it's really just – and now it's completely the opposite. So it's – it's a tight league, but I think, um, you know, coming off that Ohio State series, the Gophers have put themselves in a really good position going into the border battle. Yeah, and if they can continue to play well against Wisconsin and kind of keep themselves right up there, they play Penn State soon, they play Michigan State soon. Those are the top teams that are currently tied for first place. So a couple of good showings, they can make up a lot of ground. And so I'll end on this. What are realistic expectations the rest of the way I obviously they're playing well but they're a young team they've been up and down and how do you expect them to finish what should fans expect to see from them this last month and what's kind of what's a realistic hope as we kind of come down to this end of the season yeah um I think um something LaFontaine said in um media he said something like coming back from this break he is really you know the team's really just ready to sort of get on that schedule of like going in every weekend and playing and getting back in that schedule and that routine and so I think they're ready to sort of you know have to fight their way up the top of the standings like you were saying and I think they do have a pretty good potential to maybe end up somewhere closer to third maybe I hesitate to say second or first because they're in fifth right now, and it is a little bit ambitious. But if they can lock down um, their goal of ha- going out and having a really good Friday night and then being able to carry that momentum into a Saturday and then maybe start, you know, not sweep everybody because that's not realistic. But if they can get one or two, that that would put them in a really good position heading into the postseason. 
The Gophers play Wisconsin on Friday and Saturday in Madison, and then they return home the next weekend, February 7th and 8th, to play Michigan State, uh, a games that will surely have a lot on the line. So, Anna, thank you for coming in. Make sure to check out Anna's coverage the rest of the way. It's sure going to be interesting whether they continue to rise or they have another fall again. So we thank you for taking the time to come in. Yeah, thanks, Paul. In other news, the women's hockey team suffered its first sweep of the season as they couldn't find an answer for the number one ranked Badgers last weekend. Despite the losses, the Gophers remained at number two in the national polls. They host number nine Minnesota Duluth this weekend for a two-game series beginning on Friday. The wrestling team lost a hard-fought duel to Ohio State on Sunday. Gable Stevenson remains undefeated since his return to the Gophers and is currently ranked as the top heavyweight in the country. Stevenson and the Gophers look to rebound as a team as they travel to Purdue for a duel on Friday. Lexi Ramler made history for the women's gymnastics team, scoring her second consecutive perfect 10 on the balance beam last weekend. Ramler is the first Gopher to do it in back-to-back weeks and the first to record a perfect 10 at Maturi Pavilion. After two consecutive wins, the women travel to Columbus, Ohio to take on the Buckeyes on Saturday. The men's gymnastics team also competes this upcoming Saturday as they travel to Iowa for a tri-meet against Iowa and UIC. The Gophers most recently topped Illinois last week in which Shane Wiskus continued to dominate and senior Timmy Cutula got his first career win on the high bar. That's all for this week. We will be back again next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.